out to the um, first chapter of Joshua, the first half of our Bibles, what we call the Old Testament, and it's found on page 216 in the Bible provided by the church. Uh, page 216. And here we have a wonderful illustration uh, of how the Lord is with his church uh, as he speaks to Joshua and the church in the Old Testament and brings reassurance uh, to them. So page 216, Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on a day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not promised you, sorry, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, Go through the camp and tell the people, Get your supplies ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. The Lord your God has given you rest and has granted you this land. Your wives, your children and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men, fully armed, must cross over ahead of your brothers. You are to help your brothers until the Lord gives them rest as he has done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. After that you may go back and occupy your own land, 
which Moses the servant of the Lord gave you east of the Jordan towards the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, whatever you may command them, will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Amen. Well, please turn um, in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1, uh, page 216 in the church provided, uh, or the Bible provided uh, by the church. We want to look together this evening at this chapter, uh, and we want to do so in the light of a statement that is repeated several times in this chapter. But first of all, before we, as we should do with any portion of Scripture, before we um, come to read it uh, and to seek to understand its application for our lives, we should try and think ourselves into the situation. And this chapter happens against the backdrop of a funeral. There has been a funeral recently. Joshua and the people have just come from 30 days of mourning. And this has been the funeral of no ordinary individual in this family and in this church. The funeral has been that of Moses, who's described in this chapter as the servant of the Lord in verse 2. And Israel's sense or the sense of loss among the people, individually and corporately, is very great. Uh, this man, Moses, had led them out of Egypt. Uh, he had led them through 40 years of the wilderness wandering. Whatever crisis there was, Moses was there in order to represent the Lord um, and uh, in order to seek the Lord for them. Uh, in the midst of it, he has taught them the word of God. He has interceded or prayed for them continuously. But most notably, at key moments in their lives, when their rebellion against God uh, threatened their very future as God's people. And the question in everyone's mind, uh, including Joshua's, and it's a question that can be in our minds as well after a death. How are we going to go forward without Moses? How are we going to enter Canaan without Moses? How are we going to inherit the land without Moses? Can we survive without Moses? Moses, Moses, Moses. Everyone is still talking about Moses. And though this is Joshua chapter 1, his name occurs 11 times in this chapter. You might even wonder, is he dead at all? 
Israel needs to accept that Moses is dead. In fact, the Lord says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Verse 2. But you see, the Lord lives on. The Lord who had saved Moses and whose servant Moses was, the Lord is not dead. And because the Lord lives, this people can go forward and they can inherit Canaan if they will look to him. And so there's a very real application of that to our lives. Circumstances change in our lives. And perhaps people that we've looked to and leaned upon, they're taken from us. Either through death or, as is happening with Rebecca, moving away to university. And sometimes in other circumstances in our lives. But there's one who does not leave his people. And one who does not change. As we saw this morning, Hebrews 13, the Lord Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so our trust needs to be in him. Not parents, not family, not one another, not a minister, not elders, but in the Lord. And that's what this chapter is about. And the theme of our sermon tonight is the presence of the Lord. Or we might put it like this, the abiding presence of the Lord. The abiding presence of the Lord. And so we want to look at this chapter then tonight from that angle. And you'll see on the rear side of the order of service that there are three points that we want to note about the abiding presence of the Lord. First of all, it is full of assurance. It is full of assurance for uh, you and me who trust in this Lord Jesus. Whom God sent down from heaven in order to live a sinless life that you and I cannot live. And in order to die that painful, shameful death for our sins. Taking hell, our hell, upon himself. As we trust in him, we are assured of his abiding presence with us throughout life throughout the valley of the shadow of death and into heaven itself and look at how the Lord emphasizes this to Joshua look at verse 5 as I was with Moses so I will be with you Moses in a sense was like a father to Joshua and so you could say as I was with your father I will be with you. Verse 9. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Not confined to this building. He's not confined to a Sabbath day. He's with those who trust in him every day and every place where you are. Verse 17. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. And verse 5 and verse 9, it is the Lord himself who assures Joshua of his <clears throat> abiding presence with him and with Israel the church. And then that third occasion, verse 17, 
It's the two and a half tribes. Those tribes that will settle to the east of the Jordan. Imagine the Jordan, this river that runs down. On the east side, there's going to be two and a half tribes. The west side, there's going to be the other nine and a half tribes making up the twelve. And these two and a half tribes, who already have been given their inheritance, they're saying, the Lord will be with you, Joshua, as he was with Moses. And so what can we learn about the Lord's abiding presence with his people from this chapter? Well, as we have touched on already, he is present with his people in time of death. In time of death. And he is the only one who actually can bring real lasting comfort and help to us in a time of death. We all appreciate very much when there's a sudden death or perhaps it's an expected death in our family. And family and friends rally around us. And they care for us. And they, they support us. And that's invaluable. But that only lasts for three days. Or perhaps if they're very close to us for a few weeks or a few months. But here in the Lord Jesus Christ, you and I are presented with one who's not with us just for a few days or a few weeks, but who will be with you every minute of the day and every hour of the night if you trust in him. And so his abiding presence brings a comfort as God. That no human can bring to us. Then we see here that he is present with his people not only in time of death. But also in time of difficulty. Verse 2. The Lord commands Joshua. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River. Into the land I am about to give to them the Israelites. Uh, and <clears throat> there is a problem here. If you were standing with Joshua and with the people. This is not as simple as it might sound to us. A river lies between Israel and Canaan. That river Jordan. Uh, and it's not uh, the little trickle of a stream that you'll see if you go walk down the Oakfield Glen and go for a walk uh, in the Glen uh, or uh, that you might see uh, somewhere uh, as you go for a walk in the forest. It's not even the River Ligon or the River Ban. This Jordan is 90 to 100 feet wide and at its shallowest its depth is 3 feet and at some points, its depth increases to as much as 10 to 12 feet. This Jordan is also a very fast flowing river. Because it drops in elevation an average of 9 feet per every mile, for every mile. So this is a very fast moving, wide, deep river. And Joshua and the people are told, get ready to cross the Jordan River. And what do you think 
they think of with a huge question mark and huge letters difficulty obstacle how are we going to do it and of course the answer is the Lord is present and by his abiding presence with them in a way which they don't um, even know at this stage he is going to bring them across that wide deep fast flowing river so that they're not swept away in its wake and drowned in its midst tonight you and I none of us are being called to cross a literal river but perhaps in your life tonight there is some change some situation that you are facing and it is the equivalent of a deep wide fast flowing river And you're wondering, how am I going to go through it? How am I going to approach this week or this new situation or whatever? And again, Christ stands before you and he says, look to me. And those who trust in me, I will be with you. And when he commands us and when he brings us to the river, whatever that difficulty is in life, we will be able to cross it we will be able to pass through it because he will give us the strength and the grace that we need and will create whatever is needed to achieve that. So the assurance of the Lord's abiding presence is a wonderful assurance in time of death and in time of difficulty. But then also think of how it's a wonderful assurance in time of danger. Once Israel has crossed this difficult, wide, deep, fast-flowing Jordan. That's only problem number one solved. Then they have difficulty number two. And that is the land that they now will set foot on. It's occupied territory. And it has belonged to the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Gagashites and the Amorites for generations. And we know in Northern Ireland that people who have had territory for generations don't like to give it up easily. And so these people are not going to give up this territory easily. Their fathers, their grandfathers, their great-grandfathers, they have lived and they have farmed and they have walked these fields and, and um, lived in these cities. And they're not going to hand it over easily or quickly to strangers or outsiders. And so there's this major danger. These guys put their foot across into this land and they're likely, humanly speaking, to be slaughtered and annihilated. The only thing that can prevent that happening is the only one who can prevent that happening is the Lord. And the only circumstance in which that will be prevented happening is if it is the Lord's will that they uh, enter this land. And it is the Lord's will that they enter, enter this land. And so verse 5, Joshua and Israel are assured, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. Whatever danger you face, Joshua. Whatever danger you face as my people, I am present with you. And by me, 
you will be delivered from that danger. It will not destroy you. And so, here is a wonderful, wonderful truth for you who believe in Christ this evening to take with you into the week which lies ahead, into the years of your life that lies ahead, the Lord's words, I am and I will be with you. And of course, when Christ was in the flesh, what did he say to his disciples? Behold, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. He spoke exactly the words to them that he spoke to Joshua thousands of years before. The great unchanging truth, Jesus Christ the Lord, the same yesterday, today and forever. Fellow believers, hold on to that. When you're confronted with death. Hold on to that in times of difficulty. Hold on to that in times of danger and uncertainty. And if you're not a Christian here tonight. We say to you. This is the Lord Jesus. Who wants to be at the centre of your life. One who will save you from your sin. And then one who will be with you all the days of your life. Why would you not want to go with him? Why would you not want to put your hand in his hand? If there was another human being tonight who came into this room and said to you, Look, I can go with you in all the circumstances of life. And I can... And give you help that nobody else can give you in time of death. And in time of difficulty. And in time of danger. What would you do? You would grab their hand with your two hands. Well that's exactly what is happening. Jesus Christ is a real human being. He is man as well as God. And he says I am that one. So tonight if you're not a Christian. Say to you, slip your hand into his hand through repentance, through faith. He's reaching out to you. He's calling you. Put your hand and take his hand uh, and receive him and follow him. So then let's notice secondly this evening the purpose. We thought about the Lord's abiding presence and the assurance that it brings to those who believe in Christ. But now let's see its purpose. Why is it that the Lord uh, here uh, with Joshua and the people and then in the New Testament with his disciples um, promises them and assures them of his abiding presence? What impact ought that to have on Joshua and on the people. What's the Lord's purpose in speaking these words to Joshua and the people? Well, look at verse 6. It is so that they will be strong and courageous. They have some very difficult things um, to do and they have some difficult burdens to shoulder and to bear in God's purpose in their lives. And the assurance of the Lord's presence with them, it's like um, um, steel to their backbone. 
makes them strong. It will make them courageous. Again, these words are repeated in verse 7 and 9 and verse 18. Four times Joshua is told, and these people through Joshua are being told, be strong and courageous. And again, what um, a wonderful thing that is, that uh, Joshua can be strengthened, because this is a man who feels weak. This man has a sense of great responsibility that is now resting on his shoulders. All this people to lead for the Lord. How can I fill Moses' shoes? Well, you can, Joshua, because the Lord is present. And so, Joshua, be strong. Draw that strength from the Lord. But think of how this man also feels afraid. And he knows the kind of people he leads. And he knows the awesome task that lies before him. Joshua is actually one of two remaining Israelites of a previous generation. And the previous generation, Joshua's generation and Caleb's generation, when they had been right at the edge of the land of Canaan and the Lord had brought them there, not on the east side, but down on the south side, they'd said, no, we can't do it. The Lord won't give us the land. And they rebelled. Uh, and Joshua, if you think of this man, surely in his mind now must be the question, what about this new generation? Will they repeat the rebellion of their fathers as he tried, as the Lord tried to lead them under Moses into Canaan? This man, I believe, Joshua, feels very unsure in himself. He knows how quickly and how easily this people have been given to murmuring. They face the slightest difficulty, the slightest danger. And they go, oh, it's too hard for us. We can't do it. And you see, Joshua, by being assured of the Lord's presence, uh, and the purpose of that presence is to give Joshua strength and courage. And that's what the Lord's presence does in the person's life. You get strength to do things that you would not otherwise do. You get courage to face situations that you would otherwise run a thousand miles from. Because the presence of Christ with us, it pours a strength and a courage into us to face situations and to go through situations and to hold on when it almost seems mad to try and hold on. I find it immensely encouraging here that four times the Lord says this to Joshua in this chapter. How gracious the Lord is. How patient he is. He knows our frame. Isn't that what the New Testament says? He is a man like us. He knows our frame. He knows our weakness. And he doesn't beat us over the head when the circumstances are difficult and challenging. 
Rather, he comes and he says, I am with you. And then he says, now you can be strong and you can be courageous because I am with you in this situation. And the wonderful thing is that he's so gracious and so patient. He doesn't just say it to us once. He says to us again and again, four times in this chapter, and perhaps there's many times in a day when the Lord has got to say to you, be strong, be courageous. And he's got to say to you again and again, I am with you. You can do this by my strength and by my grace that flows into your life. I don't know what um, particular or burden you may be facing tonight. Uh, we do have close relationships in our fellowship and we do bear one of those burdens. But sometimes there's a burden that we feel we can't tell anybody about. Uh, we're not going to get into whether that's right or wrong, but that's the reality. There are sometimes burdens and rightly or wrongly we feel we can't tell anybody about them. And maybe that's your situation tonight. Maybe it's to do with your family. Uh, it's to do something from your past. Maybe it's to do with something in your work. Uh, and um, it's a very difficult issue. But here you're encouraged. And you're told that with the Lord present, whatever you face, Whatever that burden is that you can't share or that burden that you have to bear that you have already shared. Whatever the difficulties tomorrow in work. Whatever the dangers that lurk in your family. Whatever the problems in your church. The Lord, when you look to him and trust in him, he gives you strength and he gives you courage. To go forward and onward with him. That's the purpose of his presence. And then let us notice thirdly and finally this evening. And I think now that perhaps this is not the best title. But what's the evidence of the Lord's presence? How do we, how do you and I show to one another and show to our families and show to the church and show to the world that I trust the Lord, that he is with me. How do I show that I have strength and that I have this courage from the Lord? How do you and I show that? Well, we show it when we go forward in obedience to his word. Notice what the Lord says to Joshua in verse 7. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Look at verse 8. Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on a day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And in this chapter, God commands, the Lord commands Joshua, he says, Arise and lead the people into Canaan. And what does Joshua do? Verse 10, Joshua ordered the officers of the people. He relayed the message down the line. He said, look folks, tomorrow 
No matter how weak we feel. No matter how little courage we have in ourselves. Tomorrow we are going to that Jordan and we are going to cross into this land. Because that's how we show that we trust the Lord. And that he is our saviour. And so, chapter 3, verse 2, we eventually come to it. And we read, the officers went through the camp giving orders to the people. You see, obedience is the evidence that you are trusting in the Lord. Obedience is the evidence that you are drawing strength and courage from him. And uh, it's obedience to his word. Obedience to his will. Not doing what I want to do. Not doing what others tell me to do. But doing what the Lord wants me to do. And tells me to do in his word. Where the Lord is present. I think it is maybe Dale Ralph Davis. I don't have down the source of this quote, but I think it's Dale Ralph Davis. Where the Lord is present, there will be constant, careful absorbing of the word of God that leads to obedience. Okay? If the Lord is present in my life, if the Lord is present in your life, there will be a constant, careful Absorbing of the word of God that leads to obedience to it. And uh, so that's the evidence of the Lord's presence. That's how we show that he's present and that we're trusting in him. And so tomorrow, this week, whatever the circumstances of our lives, whatever new direction Perhaps we're having to go in, or we have chosen to go in. Let's make sure that we are showing that Christ is going with us as our Saviour, and with us as our Lord, by obeying the Scriptures. Taking this book, and day by day, like we take food into our body to strengthen our bodies, we take the scriptures into our souls to strengthen us in obedience and in service towards the Lord. What a wonderful chapter this is in the word of God. Where the Lord says to Joshua, I am with you. Gives him this assurance. And the purpose of this is that Joshua will be strong and courageous. Live for Christ. Stand for Christ. Do for Christ what he is called to do. And the evidence that Joshua is laying hold of that is as he goes forward in obedience. Is there evidence in your life and my life tonight that we are actually looking to the Lord Jesus as our Saviour? That he's present with us in our lives. Is there the evidence of a life of daily obedience. That is moulded and shaped by his word to us. 
Amen. Let's bow our heads and let's pray as we remain seated. Our God and our Father in heaven, we bless you tonight for the Lord Jesus, who is always among his people. We were thinking this morning about how he is among his people with authority, and how he is among his church with in holiness, demanding holiness and righteousness of ministers and elders and people. And what a beautiful balance that this passage is to the Lord's presence with us that we've been looking at this evening. Here we see the tenderness and the gentleness of Christ in his church. Coming to people who are broken and sad, people who are unsure and uncertain, they've lost their great leader Moses, but they've not lost their great saviour. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came to this people and you said to Joshua, I am with you and I will be with you. Be strong and courageous and enter the land. We pray, Almighty God, that tonight we who say we belong to Jesus that we would hear his assurance, uh, I am with you. That we would know his strength for our difficult circumstances and demands upon us. That we would know courage in the face of challenging situations. And that we would show that we trust Christ, that he's with us by going forth in obedience. To his word day by day. Lord shape us and mould us. After your image and likeness. For Lord Jesus you don't ask us to do anything. That you yourself has not done. When you were a man on this earth. You took a human body to yourself. At the request of your father. And your Father assured you that he would be with you. And we thank you that in your earthly life, Lord Jesus, you illustrate that strength and that courage right through to the cross. And we thank you that by your obedience, even to death on the cross, you showed that you trusted your Father in heaven. And even in the midst of the cross, when you were bearing the sins of your people, and your father seemed far from you because his hand uh, and his cup of wrath was being poured out on you, even then you said, My God, my God. Lord, if any of your people tonight feel that they are forsaken, that you're far from them, and that they are having to bear a burden that is beyond them. Enable them to cry out in faith and in obedience. My God, my God. And then as our Saviour did, 
to say into your hands, I commit my spirit. Lord, we ask these things for the glory of your name in our lives and on this earth that your kingdom will come. In Jesus' name, Amen.